Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Savannah Foster, and this is Savannah Gets the Scoop, where I interview your favorite people in sports and get them to answer some of our burning questions like, what's your favorite sushi roll? And what are you currently binging on Netflix? Let's get to it. Hi, everybody. I'd love to welcome my old friend, Austin Pettis, on the show tonight. How are you doing, Austin? I'm doing very, very well, even better now, able to speak with you. Uh, one of your biggest fan, so I'm very happy to be on here and have a nice little conversation. Oh, I'm so happy to talk to you. I was just thinking earlier, the last time I remember seeing you was at my wedding, um, which was four years ago this month, so surely that can't be the last time I saw you, was it? I think it might have been, actually, we have communicated, but um, I think that was it. Um, <laughs> lovely wedding, by the way. Oh, thank I, you. I, <laughs> You and your family now. <laughs> I know it's so sad though. We always had such good times together and we live so close. Well, we'll reconnect one of these days. Absolutely. We have to. And I definitely am a big fan of uh, your husband as well. He was very cool. You guys actually came to uh, my house or my apartment in LA. So I was able to meet him a few times, but that was one of the first. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing right now, building your family together. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's crazy, but we love it. Everything's going great over here. So enough about me, though. So you, born and raised Cali boy, and then went off to Boise State to play ball. What was that like for you, like that transition from being a Cali kid to being in a cold Boise? Uh, definitely a culture uh, shock, I would say. Um, what a lot of people don't know is there's a lot of California kids uh, from high school that actually went to Boise. Um, so that was actually something that I didn't really realize. I uh, didn't really even know where Idaho was at, uh, yep. to be honest. Uh, but um, I had the best experience I could ever imagine uh, in my four years there. Um, I saw snow for the first time. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was a little different. But that culture shock wasn't so bad uh, with a lot of people that were from California. I knew some people that were going there who um, were incorporated in the sports world or I played against. Uh, one of my closest friends, Hunter White, went to Edison High School in Huntington Beach, uh, played against him our senior year, and we both ended up going there, and I was roommates uh, with him for four years. So um, it was actually a, just a good experience. Um, Boise is definitely different than what people may think. It's not a farm town or any of that. It's uh, very populated, a little more city-like, but you can kind of get both best of both worlds um, yeah. if, if you're in, into that, yeah. Yeah, and so continuing to head east, obviously, you finished your college career and then was drafted by the then St. Louis Rams. What was it like moving on to St. Louis from uh, Idaho? Yeah, that was that was interesting as well. Um, fortunately, I got drafted, obviously. I didn't care where it was. That was a lifelong dream, um, definitely a dream for my family. So uh, very cool to, to go through that experience and then uh, getting out to St. Louis um, that was a little different because in high school, uh, I didn't play football before high school. So high school and college, I, uh, I think I lost, uh, six games in eight years. So, uh, my first year in St. Louis, I think we lost 13 games or, or it might've been even more, maybe 15 games. I think we won maybe two. So, uh, that was a little different, but, 
Um, I did have a good experience out there. Um, the the fans were still very receptive um, to me, uh, which was which was the coolest thing uh, from my perspective. Uh, overhaul after my rookie year, uh, and then new coaches came in. Everyone got fired. New coaches, so that was another adjustment period too. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I really enjoyed it. Uh, got to go to Cardinals games. Got to go to St. Louis Blues games. Um, this the town town is pretty cool actually, and I would have had no idea being from Southern California that you know there's other places that actually do still have fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you touched on it a little bit too. MLB has always been a big part of your life. Can you talk about that a little bit and your love for baseball? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so baseball was my best sport, um, and my grandpa, who is my mom's dad. He uh, played in the major leagues for uh, multiple years. He actually played professional basketball too as well. Um, he was a starting catcher, won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and then my um, uncle, who is uh, my little cousin, Dante Pettis, who now plays for the New York Giants. Uh, my uncle Gary, my dad's brother, uh, he's a third base coach for the uh, Astros and played multiple years in uh, MLB and has, I think it's six, five or six gold gloves. He was a great center fielder, had a stolen base record for the Angels. Um, so I came from a baseball family. Uh, there's multiple family members, including me, that have a brick outside of um, Angel Stadium right now on the ground with our names on it, um, with a lot of our family members since we're all tied into to that. So uh, that's kind of how I came about angels, uh, from both sides of the family. <laughs> wow. Pretty cool. And you also talked about your family. I know you've always been incredibly close to your family, you know, particularly your sister and your mom. How has it been since you've been done with your NFL playing career, transitioning into kind of normal life and finding your second career with your family by your side? How have they been supportive for you? Yeah, it's been really great, actually. Um, uh, I, I'm not ashamed um, of it. I am 32 years old, but I actually live with my sister, um, which I love the most because uh, she has a daughter. She has a son actually on the way in the next few months. In uh, congrats. Yes, yes. Very, very, very happy for that. But uh, when once I left uh, Los Angeles, I know I had lived in a couple spots out there. And when I left uh, Sherman Oaks, uh, I left my house. I packed it up, put it in a storage and uh, came down and I've been living with my family uh, ever since then. And uh, it's just been really nice though, because I didn't think I was gonna actually end up coaching, but uh, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity, uh, was a little against it and then did it. And now I'm going on year five, uh, actually coaching high school football and training kids, uh, coaching off season seven on. Uh, so they they are a hundred percent behind me. Um, they, they come out as much as they can, they even, bring the kids water, set up tents, bring the parents chairs. So um, it's been actually really cool that I was living in LA. Uh, obviously I was away in the off season. I was away while I was playing, but then full circle coming back, uh, you know, living with family members when I left when I was 17, 18 to go to college and then obviously onto uh, the next level, but it kind of came back around and now I'm able to see them a lot. My mom lives literally less than two minutes down the street. So at the drop of a dime, you know, I can see my family. So it, it's actually really cool to just kind of be back around, you know, that comfort level. Yeah. And get to spend a ton of time with your niece. I know you guys are really close. 
No, for sure. That's uh, that's my biggest one. I'm I'm still trying to make her a, a football player. We got her in golf right now. You know, she she's already done MMA and uh, karate stuff. Uh, she yeah. So we're gonna get her in volleyball, and then um, my my sister's gonna have a, a son in November. So uh, I'm really excited about that, and hopefully, eventually, I start start my own uh, little tribe as well. Yeah, carry it on the family legacy in sports, right? Absolutely. There's <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> yeah, Got to be associated. So you mentioned yeah. you were a little bit reluctant to get into coaching. Maybe that's not even the right word, but you didn't see that that's where you were going. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it was a little bit more of uh, just uh, fortunately, I was able to reach obviously the highest level and kind of just seeing how the dynamics work. And I lost a little bit of my love for what the true meaning of playing football was in the actual game um just my personal story from what I went through um but at the flip side of that I was able to realize that I should uh, think of it from the other perspective of I can give these kids knowledge to have them prepared for uh, potentially them getting to that level so that's kind of the trajectory that I I went on when I was like all right if I'm going to coach this is the way I'm going to coach and it's to give knowledge back to these kids that I wish I had at their age. And that's why I like the high school level more than the college level or even the NFL level, because I feel like I can really influence these kids to make them better men. So they're prepared for what they would get into if they actually do get into that 1%. Yeah. And who do you think has been your biggest coaching inspiration? Um, well, there's a couple, couple kids that um, I was able to coach. Uh, at Orange Lutheran, which was my high school. Um, we play in the Trinity League, which is the best uh, high school league um, in the country with Modern Day and Bosco and um, Servite, um, Santa Margarita, where I coach at now. Um, I did coach at Orange Lutheran before that, and then also Jay Sarah. But um, I think the biggest or the, the, the two kids that I had when I first started coaching, uh, one kid was one of the top receivers in the nation and the other kid wasn't far behind him. And I had both of them at the same school. Now they're at USC and UCLA and Kyle Ford at SC and Logan Loya at UCLA. And those kids helped me realize that what I'm doing or what my mission was by coaching, like I can see that they actually really appreciated that. And they still, to this day, I still talk to them um, they still are, they, they'll send me film or they'll ask me stuff or whenever they're in town, they come, can we get a workout? And I still work with them. So that made me realize like, okay, my decision to coach was actually the right thing. That's my right path. Like I'm actually really helping these kids move on to the next level. Yeah, no, that's incredible. It sounds like you found your passion. Do you think that's something you'll do long-term? Um, as of now, I, I really do. Um, I, I think that I want to still coach high school level but I also want to continue to do um, the training aspect outside of that, uh, probably a little more offseason because I do work with my cousin, obviously, Dante um, Pettis, who plays for the Giants. Uh, and then, you know, a couple other guys um, at the next level who are in college. And then I have a lot of guys now that I'm getting to that level of um, I've worked with guys from seventh and eighth grade. They're moving through uh, high school and they're going to go to the next level playing college. Everyone still comes back to me, though. So. Um, I, I'm, I really appreciative of that. They, you know, uh, see that I did help them, but uh, I want to continue that because I like seeing that growth uh, from the guys that I'm able to, whatever percentage I had in them getting to the next level, that's, that's all I'm in it for. 
Yeah. So I know also, you know, another big important part of your life has always been philanthropy and charity. And I remember back in the day, you used to have that basketball game uh, every year. What are you doing now to kind of keep up with the charity stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I was, it's funny you say that. Like I've, I've been really thinking about that a lot lately and um, getting the basketball game back and, you know, kind of like the Halloween nights and uh, raising stuff for, you know, whatever, um, type of things that we can do to just help those who have less um, with the resources that we have. Um, but uh, I actually, with uh, my off-season program that I'm helping um, with one of my partners, who's uh, Kevin Morton, it's called uh, OC Elite. Uh, we do certain things. We go out in the community. We went to an uh, uh, outreach program that was based in Compton, and we went out there and, you know, help clean up neighborhoods. And that's a little thing that we do. And then uh, it's more for me right now, uh, helping these high school kids um, and being the bridge for them uh, to understand the next level and then using our resources that we had or have uh, to kind of translate that to them. So I think that to me as community, uh, I went on a trip to Texas with about 14 kids with my partner and we took them to six schools and uh, got them in the door, got them to go check the schools out, meet the coaches, uh, do workouts, things like that. Um, that's kind of where my focus has been a little bit. Uh, fortunately, I've been through it. So um, I have a little bit of credibility. So when we take kids into these uh, college campuses, um, they'll listen to us probably a little bit more than someone just saying, I got a kid who I think is a good player. Right. So that, that's kind of where my mental um, is at with uh, trying to help those kids get to the next level. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've really taken on a, a mentor type role. Is that kind of how you see it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that, um, the best part about it is <clears throat> these kids are that I don't think they view me as necessarily a coach, yeah. which is kind of a cool thing. Like it, it go, it's a two way street, but I'm able to coach them up and they know, I know what I'm talking about. So they listen to me, but I'm also the guy that can BS around with them and just have fun and make it more than just the game. Like it's, it's more than just me yelling at you when you do something wrong. Like, you can still come up and talk to me about whatever. Like I help take care of a lot of kids too, not in a crazy way, but like whatever their needs are, I figure out something that I can do to help meet that, whatever it may be. So that's a cool thing for me as a coach to have those people comfortable enough that, you know, they can accept that or they can come talk to me about that. And then I can try and help figure it out for them. Yeah, well, it probably means a lot for them to have a non-judgmental ear, you know, for situations that they encounter as they go through life. Well, 100%, 100%. And I, I think that's the biggest part for me <clears throat> from this perspective of I had a lot of people help me get to where I got to. So if I can be that guy who, whatever it may be, if it's me personally or if it's the bridge that I can go walk them across of to get to whatever they need, uh, whether you know, that be with their grades or if they need help with, you know, whatever it may be, mental health or a counselor or uh, my mom cooks kids meals uh, just to make sure they're fed every day. And I take them every single morning, I pick them up and take them, you know, to kids uh, at the school, like that kind of thing. Like that's, you know, really, really fulfilling. And I, I feel like that, like you said, I feel like that's kind of my, my calling is to really be that guy to make sure these kids are taken care of and give them all the tools to make to the next level at that point it's on them yeah exactly that's all you can do 
I've so enjoyed catching up with you a little bit today. It's long overdue. It's ridiculous. We should definitely do it more often. Uh, And I won't keep you much longer, but before you go real quick, I did these little rapid fire questions. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? I love it. Yes. All right. Best rapper of all times. Um, To me, uh, Lil Wayne. Okay. Favorite current artist. Uh, favorite current artist. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> a lot of the kids, uh, the baby that they like, they like that at practice. I play the music, so I, think it's <laughs> I know he's going through some stuff, but they like the music. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, favorite TV show. Uh, Martin. Vacation destination. Santorini. Ooh. Okay. Well, one piece of advice for the next generation. Be a sponge. Be a sponge, soak it all up. Well, that is that is great, great advice. Well, thank you so much for your time. I love catching up with you, and uh, hopefully, we'll do it again soon. Thank you. I would love that. Thank you so much, and I'm very happy to uh, talk to you again. And please tell the family I said hello. You got it. Of course, same same with me. Tell your mom I said hey. I will. She'll she'll be so happy. She knows I talked to you today. Right now, she will be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. She's the best. All right, I'll send my best. All right, then. Have a great one. All right, you too. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.